Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time, work, Friends, family, expect you to be on 24-7? Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. What's up, guys? Uh, in case you haven't heard, Blue Wire Studios just dropped their first original podcast, Golden Goal. The show gives you 10-minute episodes all about soccer legends and the moments that made them. So whether you're just learning about soccer for the first time or you're a diehard fan, this podcast is a great listen for everyone. The final two episodes are live right now, or you can binge the entire season to learn about your favorite soccer stars. So check out Blue Wire's Golden Goal, available anywhere you listen to podcasts. Blue Wire. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... Kyler This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. Jackson, Jackson himself. Look at him turn back and forth. Oh! He broke his ankles. He is Houdini. Touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. Chiefs are Super Bowl champions here in Miami. All right, guys, welcome back to the Establish the Past podcast presented by Clutch Points, Blue Wire, and our friends at Bet Online. I am your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co host, Dylan Reagan, and we're back for another exciting top 10 as uh, we have gone through our top 10 quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers for the 2020 NFL season with the concept that we are drafting these guys uh, to basically build our team around just for this one season only we're not looking ahead we're not looking back we are living in the present and uh, that is what we've done so far with our previous top tens and now Dylan we get the excitement of diving into defense and uh, if you think things went off the rails with some of our previous episodes in terms of some of our selections I don't think they did I think they were pretty good uh, mm-hmm. You can probably expect this one to go off the rails because uh, this is, as we talked about before, this is going to be very hard to pick just the top 10 defensive players that we are trying to build our team around because, Dylan, there are a lot of good defensive players and uh, there are a lot of good defensive positions. So that makes mm-hmm. it a lot tougher because we're not drafting a specific position right here. Yeah, before we were comparing apples to apples. Now it's apples to oranges to bananas to other whatever the yep. next fruit is. 
Um, so many different things that these guys bring to the table and you can uh, obviously our own personal biases, maybe the value of certain positions are going to, and what they mean for a defense is going to play a role here more so than it would at the other ones where if we're talking about best offensive players, it'd probably be really high up on quarterbacks for a reason. Um, whereas here it might be more in pass rushers and some of the best corners, at least for me personally. And I think probably for you. So yeah, there's a little bit of that in play. Obviously there's, it's just, there, unlike the other ones and sure there is a great pool of guys to pick from it's just there's so many amazing defenders that we're going to end up inevitably leaving off this list you could have made it a top 20 30 list and you'd still have so so many great names deeper and deeper as you went so it's not yeah right now even as i know uh, as we have the alternating number one picks you're going to be with the number one pick and you get the one easy decision here and then after that uh, man, and it's just there's so many guys I'm already thinking up for the number two spot, and I'm really not sure where I'm going to go yet. Thank goodness I have the number one pick. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> um, you know, because it, really, if you look around, I, I think for the most part we've we felt pretty good about the number one picks. Usually, they've they felt I don't want to say clear cut. Most of the cases though, thus far we have I think felt pretty good about the number mm-hmm. one pick. But this one uh, definitely in that category, and there's no reason to sit around and talk uh, anymore <laughs> because. Uh, we all know that I'm going with Aaron Donald uh, as the number one pick yeah. here. I am building my team around him. And uh, let's see, I had the number one pick. Uh, what was it? Uh, I want to say running back, maybe. Yeah, and, you had McCaffrey. Yeah, so Christian McCaffrey and Aaron Donald, I am building my team around <laughs> with the number one pick. Uh, I've had a lot of other good picks uh, here in our, our drafts we've had, but uh, I feel pretty good about where I'm at with him. Yeah, at least statistically a little bit of a down year, which is crazy to say for Aaron Donald just because he was so insanely dominant, especially in 2018 when we set the defensive tackle sack record. And But obviously he's still generating tons of pressures, tons of QB hits, uh, taking eating up double and triple teams. So hard to, hard to make any other uh, decision here. Still in his prime, still producing himself with his own play at the same level. Just teams are more and more focused so solely on him. Um, and, you know, obviously there's a reason that not only is he considered the, the best defensive player in the NFL for the last few years, but also commonly being voted. I think he might have been number one on the players uh, top 100 list that they made for NFL Network last year of all players. So, yeah, he the respect is there and uh, pretty easy choice for you here at number one, even if the numbers sack totals, at least, which can be pretty misleading without real production, even if those are a little down. Easy pick, I think, for number one. Yeah, we just stopped the conversation here and uh, that, that's it. He put, put him one through ten and uh, all good. Mm-hmm. But. But no, that's uh, and as has been mo- on some most of these we've done, like it's there hasn't been a lot of you know conversation needed at the very top, uh, and that is the case here. But uh, that always makes the number two pick intriguing, which I think it's been for the most part uh, in all the ones we've done here with quarterbacks, <laughs> running backs, and wide receivers. Picking the number two guy much harder than picking the number one guy. That's why we've alternated uh, going yep. first here, and that now Dylan puts uh, it on you for the second selection, which I'm going to be honest, if I was in your shoes right now, um, I, I wouldn't know where to go here because uh, I think there are multiple choices that I would be going back and forth on. Yeah. I've somehow in the last, you know, not too many minutes leading up to this podcast, <laughs> narrowed it down to two guys and I'm still kind of deciding between the two. One is a pretty obvious choice, and I think I'm going to go with him. The other one I'm sure we'll get to shortly, either you at number three or I'll definitely take him at number four if you don't. I'm going to go with Stefan Gilmore here, the yep. defensive player of the year. And not just for note, and, you know, there's kind of an argument still without the numbers that Donald could have been it. But I think it was well-deserved for Gilmore, obviously, not just – 
because of uh, his interceptions and the different things he does there. But also, 20 passes defense. So many times where he didn't even get a chance to defend passes because no one's throwing to his side. Um, you know, we've had it seems to alternate year to year. Uh, I mean, between the best corners, there's guys that kind of rise and fall, and it's really tough to stay on top of that mantle. But I think when you saw when uh, the Patriots initially signed. Uh, Gilmore, how much value they thought he had. He had a pretty big contract coming over from Buffalo and has lived up more more than lived up to it. I think they're incredibly happy with him. And I it, it was tough to not go with him here. The, the player, which I'm alluding to, which we'll get to shortly, I just when I looked at the advanced kind of stats on passes to uh, pressures and different things this other player did, it was, you know, it made a compelling case for him to even top our defensive player of the year. Um, but I, yeah, it just, I mean, the dude's insane. Only a passer rating of 48 when targeted last year, under, under 50% um, uh, completion percentage when he's targeted. Just, uh, you can't really ask much more from a, a corner in a, a league where PIs and every little thing is being called. Now you can, I mean, no review anymore on it, but at least this past season, being able to re- review for that, he just, you know, he does everything so technically sound that um, he's still able to perform at a high level despite all the advantages that receivers have in the game today. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, that's what we talk about positions and such. It's, uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's one where we look around and we, we know our list is probably going to include a lot of defensive linemen and, um, you know, at yeah. different positions. And so uh, to be able to, to have a spot right there where he is, that shows you how good he is. And so um, mm-hmm. knowing that uh, this, this list probably going to mostly be made up, like we said, of guys on the line or, or linebackers a couple spots maybe uh but uh he's just he's that good and uh, that's all you can really say so i i don't know maybe like yeah i maybe not a clear-cut number two but i i think that like you said he's he's in the top three like if you wouldn't have taken him here i would have taken probably number three Mm -hmm. so um he's he's proven that that he's that good the other guy i think you were debating on uh so i'm gonna take at number three because i I just (laughs) Uh, because I do like I think about it, and and again we're uh-huh. talking about one season. We're going into this next season. Um, people probably were looking at that are on the way up, and we're saying, all right, if we just look at the trajectory of their stats, of their impact, all of that, like this guy is going mm-hmm. in the right direction by far, and that is T.J. Watt. So he, I mean, we, look, you and I, we've how many episodes we've done now. We talked a lot about that Steelers defense last year, and we said, you know, the fact that they're even sitting here in the playoff conversation um, after losing Big Ben so early in the season, uh, offense just not good, but their defense was so good, and their defense was so good with so many good players on the defense, but yet this guy continually stood out. I think it's just, I mean, you know, you just couldn't keep your eyes off this man. I mean, he was everywhere and mm-hmm. I think he's just fantastic in what he does. And, um, you know, it's easy in that family to, to be a great defensive player. Uh, but but he, no doubt, has has become a great defensive player. Yeah, he had the, the highest uh, grade from PFF among all edge rushers, highest pass rushing grade at his position uh, with over 80 t- pressures this past season, forced ridiculous eight fumbles, um, had a couple picks as well from his position, which is not the most common thing that happened. But, yeah, I mean, he does everything. And he could probably play – I know he's listed as an outside linebacker and he's on the edge mostly, but he could probably play other positions. He's just so athletic. I could see him even flip him on the other side. He could be a good tight end, play him at safety, whatever you want to do. The yeah. dude's insane. He can probably play inside even more than he does, but he's the perfect modern edge rusher. And 
Uh, yeah, I just he changes so much for that Steelers defense, and I you know he gets credit, and um, I think he is probably pretty accurately considered as one of the best defenders. But I don't know if he gets. I think he's finally at this point maybe busted out of the the shadow of his brother because I mean the guy was winning defensive players of the year every year. He was basically what we think of Aaron Donald is now for that stretch earlier in his career. So for T.J. Watt to somehow already have you know exceeded that and kind of made such a name for himself, it's it's insane and. Yeah, just really one of the most fun guys to watch um, defensively. Not a not a fun matchup for anyone facing him. And yeah, also if if we weren't just picking for the twenty twenty season, pretty young dude, a lot yeah. of really good years uh, ahead of him here with Pittsburgh. <laughs> yeah, if we were picking for the next five seasons, he would. Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> still he's not going anywhere. Um, mm-hmm. So so there you go. So since I stole your pick uh, number four, now uh. I listen. I've we're drafting here. We got to have strategy, and I have put you in a position where you know what I've I've got to do. What i gotta do here to craft the best team possible but that does put some <laughs> pressure on you uh, when it comes to the number four pick because this maybe this is the spot where i think that man i i don't know where i i don't even know where i'm going with number five no matter who you pick probably at number four yeah this one's really tough and uh, at this point now these were the top three for me easily and then from here yeah like you're saying it's just you can look at any metric for yeah. certain edge rushers certain corners uh, all sorts of guys and kind of make an argument for a lot of different people here um part of me wants to go with uh, someone like Khalil Mack I know his numbers were a little down last year first time he hasn't had double digit sacks since 2014 since his rookie year um, I considered him. I think I might wait a little bit longer to go with him. I'm going to go with a guy who his numbers sack wise weren't insane by the end of the year, but he is also another player that if we were drafting for the future would probably be <laughs> high up on this list. Um, and he also had a crazy playoff run. I'm going to go with Nick Bosa, mm-hmm. not um, someone that I enjoy facing when the, or when the Rams are facing the Niners. Um, but for the most part, yeah, man. I, what can you say about the guy? Uh, was in, what an insane rookie season! And then, you know, I don't think it's the his ceiling necessarily, which is pretty frightening for uh, the whole NFC West and the NFC in general. Um, he ended up with nine sacks. Didn't you know the numbers weren't completely there at the end of the year for the total numbers for putting him maybe as the fourth best defender in the NFL. But I just I, I do am a little biased on these guys on the edge. They're guys that are able to eat up and rush the passer. And I do think he would fit really well in defensive lines anywhere. I know he does benefit from how just insane that Niners defensive line was this year, uh, getting singled up a lot more than he would with other on other teams. But uh, it's hard for me to really make an argument for anyone else for sure in front of him. I just I see him on that level. He had 22 pressures in the three playoff games. The Niners played, which is just stupid. Like that's uh, weird. I cited the number earlier um, for TJ Watt. I mean, he had a, like you know over a quarter of that in just three games of what TJ did for all 16 games last season. It's ridiculous. And uh, yeah, man, uh, I don't know. I just so fun to watch too. As long as I uh, I lay aside my personal biases of the teams I root yeah. for. Another guy that is similar to TJ Watt on that same trajectory of just absolutely dominant fits perfectly as the modern edge in the nfl yeah probably in our top three or four uh like i said if we were doing the future uh you know kind mm-hmm. of pushing out uh, a certain amount of time but uh yeah he's he's one still even in a one-year setting i think given what he did last year uh, it'd be easy to pick him uh there and probably where i would have went uh, number five had you not picked him mm-hmm. uh, here at number four because again we're we're going off what we know and i think what we know is he he was on a super bowl team he's one of the best players on the super bowl team 
and uh, it's hard to kind of pass that up, I think, uh, when you look at his contributions. Now, number five. Um, boy, I'm, go- I'm going back and forth here on two guys in particular, and um, mm-hmm. I don't know. You mentioned you mentioned <laughs> one of them. I- obviously, Khalil Mack yeah. is in the conversation. I think he has to be. Uh, but there's another guy mm-hmm. that's sort of, uh, I think, in that area where – Boy, did he have a good season last year. And Mm -hmm. uh, if we're talking about guys uh, who can come at the quarterback and prove that they can rack up sacks, uh, there's one guy in particular uh, playing in the uh, NFC South uh, that certainly did just that. (laughs) And as much as I want to pick him here, as much as I want to pick him, I'm actually going to go with Cleo Mack um, because I still think, (laughs) I I just, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't know if he was just, he was so good couple of years ago and he was still good last year like i know the double digit sacks wasn't it wasn't there last year but i think again we're building our specific team we're not necessarily putting them within the team that they're on right now you know Mm -hmm. the bears defense overall was not as good last year we talked about that but i think if i'm building a defense i I don't know that i could put this guy outside the top five in terms of five players that i'm wanting to build a defense around uh, no matter what the stats were last year, um, you know, if I'm trying to build a great team, I think I would have to have Khalil Mack on it if I had the opportunity at this point. Yeah, I still think he has a ton of great football ahead of him. Obviously, I think, you know, you look at 2019, but you also look at 2018 where we talk about Aaron Donald having one of the best uh, seasons ever for yeah. a defensive tackle yet Khalil Mack was still in the conversation for the defensive player of the year and for all those awards because of his production with the Bears and I, I don't think you can ignore that that he was you know if we made this list last year he may have been the number two player so uh, yeah I think that's still that capability is there the numbers again yeah not there but overall the the Bears just uh, as a team <laughs> if you watch them the second half of the season they just did not have the same drive it just felt yeah. like they were fighting an uphill battle the entire se- entire season and uh, but yeah yeah, I mean, Cleo Mack, still Cleo Mack, the dude's uh, <laughs> one of the best edge rushers in the NFL for a reason. Still, uh, I think, yeah, I think he's deserving of being the top 10. I, I would have considered him for this spot. Like I said, I did consider him for the fifth spot even. Um, but yeah, uh, very, uh, very worthy of being on that spot in this list, despite the numbers, uh, what they were last year. Yep. Khalil Mack still Khalil Mack. And guess what? Sports are still sports. Uh, even though they may look a little bit different this year, uh, sports are coming back. And so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And guess what? No better place to do it than at our exclusive partners, Bet Online. You can get in on the action uh, for the UFC fight, or you can check out odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. If you can't wait for your favorite team to come back, well, guess what? Bet Online has futures odds, including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or you can still check out the daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. All you got to do, visit betonline.ag and use the promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That is promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online wagering experts. All right, well, I took Khalil Mack at number five. Uh, Now we put it to you at number six. Uh, I kind of teased who I was thinking about taking at five. I don't know if you're going to take him at six, but if you don't, uh, spoiler alert, I'm probably going to take him at number seven. Yeah, I mean, I should just do it just to make it life a little more difficult for you. But I don't think I'm going to just because I, I the sack totals for the the guy you're going to mention are insanely high, obviously. But his level of pressures compared to some of the other players yeah. um, are not quite as high. Um, I mean, he's still really good and still a top ten 
player I think deserving on this list for this performance. But just some of the the numbers uh, overall, like beyond just the sacks themselves, pressures are just so like what I'm going to look at first because uh, obviously teams can do a lot to minimize what the really the best pass rushers can do. Um, he played also on a defensive line with a lot of really talented guys. So I that's a tough one for me to pass on though, just because the production, like you said, is there. The other guy that I'm considering here that I'm not going to take is another player similar had a he finished just behind the first player in sacks last year, but also was down at ninth in pressures. So it's a tough spot for me, man. Um, it's, <laughs> yeah. uh, I, cause I, I just, those two are, I would probably pick them a little bit further down this list, but I'm not going to here. Uh, man, well, let's get a little more in love for interior linemen. This guy, uh, he's been a mainstay in the league for a long time. Probably a little more underrated just because the numbers aren't going to be there as an interior lineman the same way we talk about with some of the other players. But he was ranked as the second best interior defender in 2019 by PFF behind Aaron Donald. Best mark of his career and just and pressures to uh, just completely blowing up the middle of the pocket. And that's Cameron Hayward of the Steelers. Yeah. We're, we're heavy, heavy on these mm-hmm. Steelers defensive linemen. Um, I stepped up in a huge way when Tua got injured last season. Uh, you know, for an interior lineman to end up with just under 60 pressures, that's pretty incredible. And a reason that their defense was so stout, not just, uh, you know, getting pressure on the passer, but they finished third in run defense last season. And uh, he just ate up the, the middle of the line. Think about so many teams. I, I know, obviously, brushing the passer is so important. There's a reason the edge guys get so much love and what Aaron Donald does as an interior lineman is so insane. But I think the, the value still of teams just not being able to run the ball on you because you're just eating up multiple interior linemen, continually just blowing up the middle of the pocket. Uh, I think Cameron Hayward deserves some more love than maybe he gets outside of Pittsburgh. I know Steelers fans know how great he's been and continues to be. And yeah, a guy that maybe on the futures list wouldn't be quite as high. He's been in the league for a number of years now, but uh, I still think he has so much in him and I still think he's worthy of being really high on this list and maybe a little more underrated than some of the other names that we've kind of alluded to. <laughs> Yeah, um, I mean, like you said, I think it's you pick a Steelers player and you're feeling pretty good about things, um, <laughs> you know, based on what they've accomplished. You know, Mika Fitzpatrick, yeah. we talked about him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I don't know, give us give us 12 spots and maybe we throw him on somewhere. I don't know, but um, we just we just take the Steelers. We'll just put them their entire defense on this list and uh, see yeah. where it goes from there. But uh, we'd we'd probably win some games as we as, as we saw. Like it's good enough to mm-hmm. win some games. So um, yeah, he's he's a good choice, and I think like you said, it, he would he would have wound up in our top 10 somewhere but um you know mm-hmm. just based on his numbers they're certainly there and of course as i just said i probably will just go ahead and take shaq barrett um here at the next spot <laughs> because I, look he's again he's another one that's going to go in our top 10 where at this point like what's the big difference probably between number seven and number 10 maybe not a whole lot uh just based on as we've said it's it's a matter of preference it's a matter of some of the things we're looking for in our specific team but uh, it's hard to ignore that sack number that he had last year and you know because we are building for one season and we just came off of that particular season uh, you feel like he's got a lot of momentum probably heading into this year you know is he going to hit that number this year maybe not but at the same time uh you know his his confidence and uh his his momentum has never been higher so uh, i'm okay with having a guy like that uh, on my team yeah, uh, the numbers are there. Obviously, I, I kind of mentioned he was so he's eighth in, in uh, pressures generated by edge rushers uh, or top 15. Sorry, he was eighth in pass rushing grade by PFF. Some of those numbers like in terms of just the, the counting stats, he ended up getting all those sacks and so many early in the season uh, was partially why I moved him down this list. Still think he's deserving of being in the top 10. I probably would have uh, had a really hard time not taking him with the next spot. 
uh, after this if he would pass someone at seven. So definitely think he's deserving. And yeah, even yeah, you can say only so much about um, you know the the behind the scenes stats. At the end of the day, the production there is there, the sacks are there, the pressures are still solid. So yeah, fits right in, and I, yeah, deserves uh, obviously on the tag now, but deserves to be paid for all the production he brought for Tampa Bay. And I an underrated overall defensive line. We talked about them being the number one uh, run defense uh, DVOA wise from uh, Football Outsiders, but also yeah, generating a ton of pressure from the edge. Uh, Shaq there was amazing this past season. Yep. Good player, and uh, as we said, put up those kind of numbers. Uh, nice to have there, uh, and and would have went somewhere probably in our top ten. But mm-hmm. he's going to go at number seven, just because for me that was probably the easiest choice. And uh, bouncing around between the other thirty-four uh, possible scenarios here, um, I decided to go with him, which once again puts the pressure on you for your next mm-hmm. pick, uh, because maybe this is where it starts to <laughs> kind of look around and like, well, I'd like to go with that guy, but you know what, that guy's good too. Um, this this may be a tough one here for you. It's really tough. There's a couple DBs I'm actually looking at here, and the fact that I can't separate them doesn't make it any easier. Um, there's another edge rusher that I'm thinking of that's not the one I alluded to uh-huh. um, that still had really high performance, uh, still a ton of pressures, and still a great overall grade and all the things you could want from PFF. Oh, man. I Okay, I'm going to go back to my corners and my DBs, and there's a guy that... Uh, again, I'm going with players that maybe aren't as, uh, I mean, they're by their home fans and by fans that, you know, really pay attention are obviously known as great defenders uh, going to with Cameron Hayward. And now this one, uh, he was ranked as the 12th best player in all of football by PFF in 2019. Uh, still had, uh, I think he finished tied for second in interceptions. Yeah. Last season. And that's Anthony Harris safety hmm. for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, just overall is, you know, with Harrison, you know, able to just play really long well alongside Harrison Smith obviously he's been heralded so well and so much as one of the best safeties but I think at this point Anthony Harris has clearly surpassed him the best uh, pro football focus uh, ranking of any safety based on a score last year led the league of all safeties on interceptions tied for second overall um, in the league uh, had a ton of deep pass breakups and just just so reliable for them on the back end as much as the Vikings uh, at some points didn't live up to expectations overall as a team. The defense was still really solid. I think because we expect so much from them, uh, the fact that they finished seventh in DVOA is still, you know, they're still one of the best units, one of the amount of um, continuity they have. And there's a lot of guys that deserve a lot of praise on that defense that are probably not going to be on this list. Like Eric Kendricks is a name that I think of, but um, Anthony Harris, just really the, the, the heart and soul of the end of that secondary. And I think for a safety to have that kind of impact, um, I was either going to pick him or I, I could have probably left him off for uh, my last spot if you, because I didn't think you might <laughs> pick him at number nine. But nonetheless, I feel feel pretty good about putting him at number eight. And I think he's uh, well-deserved as the best player at his position in the NFL right now. Yep, going back to uh, your defensive backs there. Uh, but yes, no, he's <laughs> he's someone that, you know, like you said, I, don't, I mean, obviously I think the fan base knows, but and, and anybody who's played against him, watched him play, uh, understands but um yeah he's he's one maybe still doesn't get enough credit uh, for what he does uh on a on a game in and game out basis based around you know just just his i don't know he's just really good and um you know <laughs> at that position like you said to be the best in your position um that that counts for something and uh, there's a lot of good players in his position so um that's something to, to keep in mind there with him but i did not expect you to go that route there with him um yeah. <laughs> but now for me 
Oh, man. There are a lot of choices here. And the, my, my worry is that I'm not going to pick one of these guys, and you're not going to pick him, and he's gonna, not going to be on the top Very 10. Very possible. And that's why I think that's where I'm starting. That's making this more difficult to me. Uh, because I'm like, are we really going to leave this guy out of the top 10? And I'm saying that probably about five different guys right now. Um, so, but I have to remember our criteria too. We're, we're building this not just as the best players necessarily, but guys, we are trying to build our teams around in terms of just overall, whatever we're looking for, uh, on our team. So JJ Watt is one of those guys, but I also look around and I'm like, we just watched the chiefs win the Super Bowl, and we watched Chris Jones just completely dominant player whenever you know i mean he was dominant like i it's just and i'm like can we can i really keep him out of this top 10 list and honestly i'm looking back i'm like i i almost wish i would have picked him earlier um (laughs) the more i think about it because i'm like we're building this for the 2020 season and i i think it's a Mm -hmm. mistake probably to pick him even this far down which means i have to pick him right now uh because i probably wish i would have picked him a couple spots ahead just I I just again you're building a defense and I think because of that the guys I'm looking at and maybe it's because I got Aaron Donald with the number one pick but it's like I want guys that can just completely take over and I think yeah. that he's you know he can be really good and and do that and so I think I would pick Chris Jones here a, a large part because he's that good another part because I'm afraid we're gonna leave him off this top ten list and I I just don't want to do that. Yeah, I think it's it's worthy, and like you said, just in the in the Super Bowl in particular, some of the passes he batted down, and just the overall pressure. Their defense, I mean, the splits when he's playing and when he's not, were pretty extraordinary. I know they they really did a great job improving the, the back end of that defense, and overall everything they did from 2018 to 19 with some of the issues they had, and they still had some of the same issues defending the run. But Chris Jones did everything you could want from an interior lineman, obviously generating so much pressure and just everything you could possibly want from a defender so yeah like like we said before the we started uh going through these it's gonna there's gonna be so many just insanely talented all pro (laughs) names like we can't even there's only you know so many guys on all pro list and then uh you know we're on we're we're narrowing that down to 10 (laughs) and we're focusing on certain positions so it's it's not easy man and uh i'm glad you picked chris jones though because i think yeah if you watched a lot of Chiefs games, and you probably did because they're one of the most fun teams in the NFL, uh, you realize you'd see just glaringly. Uh, for, and even for fans that aren't like the most uh, into like advanced stats and stuff like that, uh, sometimes it's hard for interior linemen to really shine in a way like where you just take notice to him. But he's that kind of guy where you you have a hard time not realizing as he's on the field, just so so fun to watch. Yeah, but uh, I mean, Chris Jones. That's what I said. I I didn't want to take a chance on not leaving him uh, here off this list, and uh, I think it's a situation where now uh, we get to let you make that because I don't know who you're going to pick mm-hmm. here, and I think that's something where I have no clue who you're picking. And then you know you're going to pick someone, and we're going to talk about the 14 different guys that we wish we would have put on this top 10 list. Um, but the choice is yours. Uh, one guy, all the pressure's on you because if you leave <sighs> some of these other guys off. Uh, the fan bases are coming after you. Yeah, I think I'm going to unfortunately leave JJ off the list. Wasn't on no. the, the top 100 players from PFF this past season. Still one of the, you know, his talent and his, his resumes can't be argued with. But just uh, for this one year and some of these, there's just so many 
really good guys to pick from. I, I know in my mind, Anthony Harris is the best safety, but he wasn't even uh, first or second all pro. Uh, there's a lot of really good safeties that we haven't even really talked about. I know you mentioned Minka Fitzpatrick, but Tyra Matthew, Justin Simmons, Jamal Adams, all those guys winning awards last season for good reason. Oh, man. Uh, so I'm kind of picking between. I know I mentioned that the advanced stats weren't really on Chandler Jones's side, but so that's part of why I haven't put him here, even though he finished with 19 sacks and a pretty underrated uh, season because of the Cardinals' overall struggles on defense. So I think about him. I think about Tredavious White, which would be more on brand with me and where, I, <laughs> where I've kind of brought myself to. But I might go with someone actually that, um, and because it is for one season, um, and I, uh, it, I think it works out decently well. And, and the guy that um, I think just overall he had the, the best uh, passer rating against in the entire NFL last season. Um, it's in this, including the playoffs, he was really good. And I know he got burned on one route in the Super Bowl, but overall, yes. an, an amazing season. I know where Richard, you're going. Yeah, yes. Richard Sherman. I'm going to pick him as the number ten player. Just, just obviously came back and was just so so dominant. And I, I don't think many people were expecting that. Obviously, after as Achilles injury, uh, what he was able to do, obviously, um, you know, just overall number wise, maybe he's not quite as high as some of these, these guys that ended up with a lot of picks and things like that. Um, so there's that to, like I said, Tredavious white should be mentioned in this, in the same breath, um, in, in terms of making this list. Um, but I just I had a hard time after watching Sherman, just overall what he was able to do um, in terms of his coverage and just straight up dominating the best receivers he faced still at this age and obviously a, a future Hall of Famer. And I think uh, his performance in 2019 was right up there. And I think for one more year, it's not unreasonable to think uh, he could be right there. And I, as much as I wanted to pick Tredavious White, I just had a hard time um, with the, the advanced numbers and just overall watching the two so much. Uh, not picking him and not putting his name on the end of this list. I know there's a ton of guys that are really <laughs> deserving again, but I think uh, Richard Sherman uh, deserves to get this last spot. Like if I was number ten, I would have picked him. Like I think that's that's where I'd gotten yeah. to. Like we talked, I mentioned JJ White, JJ Watt, but I was like, I uh-huh. I, I think I would have picked Richard Sherman. Like because again, one season, we're not you know three seasons from now, probably not the same player, but for one season, yeah. coming off what he did last year, I think he would be a good choice. So. He was yeah he was the fifth highest um, fifth highest defender uh, rated for 2019 by PFF. That's I mean that just shows you what he was able to do last season. It was pretty incredible. Yeah, I don't know. We we say that we may take him the next five years <laughs> at this point. We we're gonna we're gonna do this every year for the next five years, and he's still gonna be on the top ten. So um, there you go. So Richard Sherman rounds out our top ten. But as we said, my goodness, you go up and down the line here. It's we should have did a top 50 on this one because uh, there's there's no way, you know, kind of to narrow it down like we did with the offensive players uh, at certain positions because we're just yeah. encompassing. There's a lot of linebackers. Yeah. Think of all the linebackers. Take Eric <laughs> Kendricks, I mentioned, Bobby Wagner. I know Darius Leonard kind of had a down season yeah. compared to 28. But, yeah, man. We're, uh, Cameron yeah. Jordan. Like, we didn't even mention Cameron Jordan. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Uh, Gosh. <laughs> Uh, well, that's all right. Again, don't hate us. Uh, we're picking an entire side of the ball with only 10 picks, whereas before we were picking one position for 10 picks. So um, a little bit harder to do there when you pick and look at that. So there you go. There's our top 10. Uh, that's what we would do here. And uh, now that we've pretty much covered 
all the positions, uh, I guess you could say. Uh, we're probably not going to do a top 10 special teams, uh, I don't think. But uh, <laughs> if we did, uh, trust me, we would make it entertaining. Uh, but uh, there you go, our top 10 defenders, as we mentioned earlier. Be sure to go back and check out uh, the list we did for the top 10 quarterbacks, running backs, and wide receivers. Those were fun to do. Check those out in the previous episodes. But, uh, Dylan, we have a lot of great stuff going on over Clutch Points here as we start to move towards the return of the NFL, we hope. Uh, the NBA is about to start. Uh, baseball back like mm-hmm. this. I don't know, man. It's not doesn't feel normal, but uh, yeah. at least we're getting close maybe to, to having some sports here. Yeah, it feels a little better. Yeah, you can follow all the baseball games and all the uh, NBA games when they start in the Clutch Points app. we got that all covered there with our streams and all the, the social feeds there with those games, a lot of highlights mixed in. So a lot of good stuff there. Um, when the NFL games are back, you can follow them in the app as well. For all of our NFL content, can be found within the Clutch Points app as well as clutchpoints.com and NFL section there. We'll have some fantasy football stuff in the works coming up, but uh, as long as the season does start on time, uh, obviously that <laughs> plays a pretty big factor in uh, when we're going to be putting that content out. But hopefully, when the, uh, we get all that started up here pretty soon, and yeah, we'll see. I mean, a lot of the players not too happy with the uh, the lack of uh, protocols put in place by the NFL for the return of these training camps, and they're supposed to guys are supposed to be reporting very soon. Um, and it sounds like it's. Uh, not a lot of organization. I know they, the NFL probably thought things were going to be a lot different now, but at the same time, it's kind of crazy they didn't have a little more prepared yeah. than it sounds like from the players' end. Well, I mean, we, we talk about stuff always pops up when recording, but just on the other side of this, NBA-wise, uh, Shams just puts out a tweet here uh, as we're recording saying that zero NBA players tested positive out of 346 tested at Orlando since the last mm-hmm. results on July 13th. So, if you're looking for a path back, uh, maybe, you know, I know this isn't easy to do in all sports, uh, maybe necessarily, especially when you talk about college and all that, but, um, you know, something's working if that's the case. So um, yeah. I think maybe if you're an NFL fan, you, you better hope that there are certain protocols in well, place uh, that can get them to try to figure this out. So Another thing that just happened when we were recording, yeah, they, the NFL and NFLPA agreed on testing protocols. So it's going to be daily – uh, testing for the first couple of weeks and every other day after that, depending on the positive uh, test rate. So, yep. and even, yeah, um, obviously NBA is such a different setup than NFL, but if NFL could yep. look at the, what's happened with MLB, even their numbers of players tested positive was like five out of thousand something. So yep. uh, yeah, pretty good numbers, even when they're not uh, in a bubble. Yeah. <laughs> so well, like the players said, they want to play and uh, we'll see if that ultimately is what winds up happening, but uh, check all that out at clutch points. Lots of stuff going on there. Uh, and uh, be sure to subscribe to the podcast, any podcast app you use, just search for it there. And uh, thanks, as always, to the fine folks at Blue Wire and Bet Online for all that they do. And thank you, as always, for listening. And we'll talk to you guys next time here on the Establish the Past podcast. <laughs>